and welcome to TTELT, Teaching Tips for English Language Teachers. I'm Dr. Gina Rhodes. Let's get started. This week on TTLT, we're going to learn about English or ESL clubs from Katam Dahi. Katam and I worked together in Los Angeles and now she's full-time at East Los Angeles College and also an author of several books. And she was also the initiator and founder for the East Los Angeles College ESL Club. And we're going to learn so many things about how to start an ESL club. So let's get started. Hello. Hi, how's it going? Katam, why don't you start by telling us a little bit about yourself? Okay. Um, I'm Katam Dahi. Uh, I'm a professor of ESL, English and uh, Reading at East Los Angeles College. And uh, well, I immigrated here when I was 13 with my family. Um, I didn't speak any word of English at that time, uh, not even the alphabet. We didn't know anything, came from a village directly to North Hollywood and uh, went to junior high here in high school and studied fashion design. And 14 years later, I went back and got my MA in English comp with uh, TESOL concentration. So that's, that's me. <laughs> wow. Well, yeah. that's quite a road that you've taken. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, um, Kitan, you said that you started an ESL club at your school? Yes. And, uh, and how, what was the process? Why did you decide to start an ESL club at your school? Um, <clears throat> well, I, I decided because when I was in college, you know, I, I was an ESL student myself uh, when I came here. And when I went back to college, <clears throat> After 14 years of being away from school, uh, I uh, landed uh, in a class where the English professor was the advisor of the English club uh, at uh, Cal State San Bernardino. Uh, and I became, uh, she was, you know, promoting the club. And if you want to be a member, uh, and I thought, oh, that sounds so cool. Um, and so I became one of the members and then they, they loved my enthusiasm and energy and, you know, people's skills that they wanted me to be an officer on the board. And it just was one of the best college experiences of my life because uh, I got to learn how to plan and organize and collaborate with, you know, other students and key people on campus and uh, we had, we, we organized activities and protests and, and we voiced our opinions and, and, and had parties at, that were campus-wide. You know, we invited the president and uh, deans and, um, and we made a name for ourselves. You know, the international, we, then I became uh, part of the international student club uh, and then was kind of like, I, I used to MC the parties and uh, we had people from all over the world. Uh, lots of Saudi Arabian students were at, on that campus and they, <laughs> they provided so much food and, and, and funded uh, themselves, funded a lot of the parties, but they loved it because they, they wanted to experience that you know, that um, uh, as international students. But anyways, when I, uh, you know, became a full-time faculty 
at East Los Angeles College and we didn't have an ESL club. I, I used to see people, you know, clubs everywhere on campus, raising money and selling food and started asking around and, you know, sure enough, they didn't have one. And I thought, let me get some of my students uh, excited about it. And uh, within a couple of weeks, I got like 15 people. You needed like 10, 10 people with ASU numbers uh, to begin a club. And from that, we had 91 people. And then it just kept growing and growing. I, I still believe that it is the largest club on campus right now at one of the largest campuses in the LA Community College District. Uh, but uh, so after, uh, in 2018, uh, it was the 10th year anniversary of the club and we had a huge banquet and invited former members since uh, for the last 10 years. Uh, they came out and we paid for their tickets and it was so beautiful because we had table 2008, table 2010, table two, and it was beautiful. But then I became the vice chair of the department and I couldn't do both. So I had to uh, let it go. And um, luckily a wonderful, wonderful full-timer, a new probe um, was able to take it on with another adjunct as co-advisor and they're doing an amazing job and even virtually. But I have to tell you about all the virtual stuff that they do. Oh, that, please do tell us about all the virtual things they do. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, okay, so you say now it's the largest club on campus. How many students are members right now? Well, it's, you know how, how it goes. It's like once they finish the ESL series, they kind of uh, don't come to the meetings anymore, but they're active somehow. They come to the banquets and, and some of them, of course, they go to universities. We don't see them anymore. But most of our students in our classes want to be part of the club uh, because it's a word of mouth that, you know, you need to belong to this club because you learn about scholarships, you learn about uh, transferring to universities, you learn about you know, the guest speakers that come to tell you about financial aid, they come and tell you about admissions, they come and, and explain to you, uh, you know, whatever you need will bring them to you, you know. Um, and then they do a lot of volunteer activities that they can put on their resumes when they, because you know now universities don't just ask for the GPA, but they ask for, you know, how involved are you in the community? Uh, how active were you on campus? Are you just, you know, a follower or are you a leader? Um, um, you know, are you a volunteer where you're not expecting to get anything in return, but rather you want to give? Uh, so, so I believe we create a culture of giving, a culture of volunteerism, um, you know, where you, you are actively giving to the community. Um, and I think that's a great characteristic in humans uh, that we need. But, okay, uh, so, so, you, so you've got the, so most of the ESL students in your um, college are members of the club. Mm -hmm. And you've told me about a lot of the different projects that you're doing. You're doing, um, you have guest speakers who come. 
you have banquets. Do you have a banquet every semester or every year? So most of the time it's every semester because the board members are going to move on a lot of the time. So we want to uh, culminate what they've done. They've raised money. They've, you know, done their work. They, so then we have a ceremony at the banquet where they, we pass on the baton to the new board members and they wear sashes, you know, president, vice president, treasurer, historian, you know, uh, public relations officer and delegates. And, and then they pass on those sashes to the new uh, board members. And um, it's just really, uh, it has become a ritual uh, mm -hmm. that people want to be part of. Uh, and it's, you know, the people that lead the club usually are so enthusiastic. Some people have taken them under their wings as members and they kind of train them to be board members the following semester. And this is how it's been working out. Uh, we kind of spot the, the leaders um, and we tell them, look, next semester, you're gonna submit your name for elections, you know, and you could be this, you could be that, could be a great uh, treasurer, you could be a great historian. And they, they get the confidence and they wanna be that uh, the following semester, so. That's fabulous. And what type of fundraisers do they do? So when we were face to face, when, um, you know, I was there or Maria, Professor Maria Betancourt is now the new advisor and Alison Bruins is the adjunct uh, advisor. Uh, when we were face to face, uh, they were doing food sales every week and meeting every week also. So they met every Tuesday um, during college hour where students you know, and faculty could attend if they wanted to. And then on Thursdays, they would sell food. And, what um, kind of food? Oh, it was fun because, you know, when you have an international club like this, uh, so sometimes it was uh, Chinese food, some, you know, boba drinks were always there, uh, part of the menu, uh, hot dogs, you know, wrapped with, uh, uh, with bacon and a lot of the times it was you know uh healthy uh salads or fruit cups that they would these cut are, are these um create like are is it the students who are making these foods or are they bringing in people no they we make them we make everything i mean the first time uh when when i was the advisor the first time we had a food sale on campus uh, the students and I bought tons of chicken and we did, bar you know, skewers, this the Arabic way, <laughs> and barbecued uh, 200 skewers in my house and we took them to campus in, in um, you know, foil and we cooked rice and made salad and it was in the newspaper that we made $600 that day. <laughs> Wow, yeah. selling chicken skewers, that sounds, they sound delicious. I yeah, love that. it was, you know, I was healthy. The plates looked really beautiful. And, but so the students, uh, usually um, the board members uh, decide uh, who will be taking care of this food sale. So they alternate, each group will alternate. They'll go to Costco, they'll go get all the stuff. And we have uh, a cabinet especially in the English department that, that I fought for to have to store our items. Um, and they, they just do it all there. Of course, everybody that handles the food 
they had to go through uh, ASU and uh, take the food handling exam. Mm -hmm. uh, so they had to follow all the food uh, rules, how you, you know. And, um, and I'm sure that there are a lot of um, people that don't know what ASU is. Can you explain that? So the Associated Students Union, uh, usually um, they, if let's say you raise a thousand dollars and you show them receipts, you can submit, um, you know, a request to get uh, match funding. So you make a thousand, they'll give you another thousand. So the more you raise, the more you get. So this way you could take the, your students on a trip to a theme park to, uh, you know, um, have a huge party. Those banquets are funded by the money that, that we usually raise. Mm -hmm. uh, and ASU just, you know, just raise as much as you want and then submit. If, you know, you get it, you get it. You don't, there's always something that they give you. Mm -hmm. and most of the time we get matched uh, for the money. That's uh, great. So, yeah, I mean, students uh, who come here, a lot of them don't drive. And so we also sometimes uh, pay a bus uh, to take them to universities. We do tours. Uh, we take them to Universal Studios, SeaWorld, you know, Disneyland, whatever. Not is the, is the board members who decide what the activities are going to be? No, they, in, during the meetings, they uh, ask students to, you know, give them ideas and they put like five, ten ideas on the board and they vote. Um, so the members actually uh, get to vote on the activities. They give them options and uh, sometimes they ask them, do you want, if we don't have enough funding, do you want to do the banquet or do you want to go on a trip uh or do you want to go to a theme park so they get to choose uh, mm. which one they want to do but virtually it's been very interesting and challenging at the same time so they they have been using so many apps and different kinds of ways to stay connected and still do some kind of fundraising but it has not been as successful virtually they're just use, you know, doing other activities. They meet regularly and they have agendas that they share. They use Google Docs. They use um, MetaStream to watch movies together. Like they're going to have a Halloween night movie. They're going to have, um, uh, oh, they have a MasterChef competition right now, which I submitted the bread video to, making the bread. Uh, so people, faculty and students are submitting their videos on recipes. Uh, so they could be TikTok videos or any kind of YouTube video that they've created. So they're going to give a prize uh, on the 30th uh, and watch a scary movie. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds great. Those are some great online projects to do. That's, yeah. That sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, so there's like MetaStream and Tuturu, which is another way of, uh, because, you know, on Zoom, you're limited. You cannot show even, even 10 minutes of a film. You cannot show it to your students through Zoom. Mm -hmm. um, we tried, we tried to, so there's, they figured out ways, you know, they, they saw that uh, Tuturu and MetaStream, you could, you could do that with, um, I think, up to, 25 people. Hmm. 
yeah, so there are some limitations, you know, but they're learning how to overcome and how to find other ways to stay connected. Mm -hmm. but, That's great that they're, they're, they're finding all of these workarounds to make the system work, even though they're still online. I love it. Yeah. And, you, and just to be clear, all of the board members are students, right? Yes, all the board members have to be students because to be a uh, part of the club, even as a member, you have to have an ASU number, which means you paid your dues, the mm -hmm. $7 um, fee for health and parking and all that. Um, so they give you a number that is a sticker you put on your ID. So when, when you become a, a board member, you must submit the copy of your ID and your ASU number. So no outsiders, no. Yeah. Okay, so it's all students and, and so you have to, they have to prove that they are a current student at the, at the college and the, um, all the board members have to show that they're current um, students at the college. Okay. Yeah, and to be a member, just a member to show up to the meetings and to benefit from all the, you know, the activities. And uh, they also have to pay $5 uh, per semester. And they, at that time, they have to show their number too. They have to show that they are a paid US, a ASU member. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's a good way to keep it, you know, keep it the students are, are a student club. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, and you know, they they we we kind of uh, use them uh, because they advertise for our classes on their social media pages. Uh, they really get the word out there, and you know, say, hey, um, you know, Eli is offering these classes this semester, and so and so professor is teaching this class. So, for example. You know, in the winter, I'm teaching a grammar class for the first time. We are, we're offering this new uh, intensive uh, review of grammar, and I'm going to be teaching it. So they were like posting my flyer. I made a flyer, and uh, they were posting it everywhere. And you know, uh -huh. I love it. It sounds like it's a really active and useful club on campus. I love that you said that there are people who come to the club meetings and talk about financial aid and and. Mm -hmm. um, you have speakers come and you're helping them, you know, you have, you have lots of different activities happening and even volunteer activities. What are some of the volunteer activities that they've done? They've done, uh, they've planted trees with the tree people. I don't know if you've heard of the organization, the tree people. Um, they have many programs in different universities. Um, I think at Cal State Long Beach, they have like the water walks and the, um, uh, in, in other areas, but their idea is to plant trees everywhere in, in the communities. And so we've gone out there a few times to plant trees uh, with them. Uh, they have gone to local science centers and uh, cleaned out weeds um, in San Pedro. They have gone to teach uh, trash for teachers uh, warehouse where there are like tons of items that needed to be organized. Companies donate these items and the teachers K to 12 go there and take their students sometimes and use all these recyclable items to create projects. So I took uh, the students there a couple of times and um, they help them organize stuff by categories and they got to create projects there too. Um, they, um, 
what else what else do they do they volunteered in the in the mission la mission to distribute food to the homeless um for thanksgiving we always hold a thanksgiving dinner or lunch and it's open to anyone uh so we feed all the students uh turkey dinner um there's so many things that um that they do like what else did i um well okay sounds like they're doing a lot of amazing things and yeah. um and this is only a 10 year old club it sounds like it's been going on forever they've got a lot it's been 12 yeah. because maria maria and allison uh have been uh the advisors the last two years mm -hmm. so it's been 12 years since 2008 uh and it's really strong it's still very strong and it what helps is that all the ASL faculty kind of promote the club and a lot of them give them extra credit if they attend like 15 or 16 hours of combination of uh, food sales or fundraisers and meetings because mm -hmm. they know they're going to learn new skills and they're going to interact with each other and speak English. Um, so we do give extra credit in many cases. So a lot of students initially come for the extra credit, but then they stay. Uh, they stay throughout and they start volunteering on their own because they love it. Yeah. So that's, so, um, and if a school, if a teacher wanted to create an, an English or an ESL club in their school, um, what are some things that you would, what were some, what's some advice that you would give that teacher to help, help their students create a club? Well, if the teacher has to be enthusiastic to be an advisor, because it's it's a lot of responsibility being an advisor. It's not just, you know, you sign forms here and there and, and, and you meet with them weekly or um, when we were face to face, it's like you have to use your credit card. You have to like pay in advance because it takes months for ASU to reimburse you for many things. Um, you have to you know, be responsible for trips and make sure everything goes well and that all the students count and, um, it's, and, and they're always coming to your office, you know, the board members, there's always something, oh, uh, ASU said this, and they said, we can't sell this thing. And, you know, sometimes you, you add more items to your menu that you have not told them you would. And then other clubs would complain, no, you cannot repeat, I'm selling hot dogs, so you cannot sell hot dogs. Mm -hmm. And so students, they have to learn step-by-step step because every time you have a new board and the advisor has to be there all the time to guide them through. And the paperwork is really difficult too. So they learn how to fill out major paperwork packets and they have to go to the president and you know, first to the SU and they have to go justify, uh, the delegates have to go and justify, you know, why should we give you this money? And, you know, for the longest time we had to fight about going to theme parks because they said no other club on campus is allowed to get match funding for theme parks. And we thought, why? You know, they said, well, no, it's not like a, an activity that it's not a learning activity. So it's it's not um, we're not going to fund something that is Disneyland or we had to fight 
uh, and justify that these ESL students come from different countries and they want to be part of the American culture and part of the American culture is these theme parks, <laughs> uh, you know, where they learn uh, about so many things related to the American culture. And so and, was this the teacher in, in, like, that's doing this, um, this advocating or is it, was it the board, the students that were advocating um, for how the, this was going to, to get the, you, the college to give them the funds? Well, initially I had to, I had to teach them what to say. You know, because uh, it's sometimes I would, if the board member or the delegate, um, their English skills are, uh, you know, not enough to express clearly in front. You know, it's it's intimidating when you walk in and justify because all the club uh, delegates are there and the ASU board members, they're really scary. They sit in like a round table and it's like being interviewed. And so when I used to see the students struggling or like being uh, nervous, I would get in there. But eventually I learned to just prep them up, you know, and I would say, okay, if they say this, then you say that. Um, and then they would, write, they would write it down and, you know, send a couple more students with the delegate to just back them up. And they, they gradually learned how to justify, how to defend what they wanted. Um, so it's, a, you know, the process, uh, paperwork gets lost somewhere because, uh, the vice president is too busy. They've got many packets, many clubs. So you had to follow through and send students to the president's office and nudge them a little bit. Or, uh, sometimes, you know, the, the trip is like in three days and we haven't even had approval. Uh, for the excursion forms, you know, the president has to sign and he's not there or she's not there. It's just a lot of work for the advisor, but you gotta love it. You gotta love it. So, yeah. So, so you're saying the main thing is that you have to be enthusiastic about it and, and really realize that it is going to be a lot of extra work for you as a teacher. But if you really think that this is important for your students, then you will be there for your students and, and advocate for them. Mm -hmm. And I see that also you're talking about that you're teaching at the beginning, you had to um, learn all of these skills yourself, how that, how to advocate for the students, how to um, um, make all of these things available for your students. And then you taught those skills to those students. So you're teaching them those leadership skills. Yeah. And then that, then you get to pull back a little yourself and let the students um, take the, the leadership roles. I think that's amazing. And it's great skills for the students. Yeah. And I think the new advisor, uh, Professor Betancourt and Allison, they're doing a great job because they're delegating uh, responsibility and they're letting students be in charge, you know, and, and that's, that's, I respect that a lot because I see now that the board members are so active and they're just doing everything on their own with the guidance of the professors. But I think they're doing a better job than I did in a way that I used to take on too much. And over the years, you know, I learned that, no, let teach the students and then they can do it. They can do a lot of the jobs that I used to do. And so, yeah, so they're improving, um, the club in many, many ways.
where I think I, I learned the hard way, but that's okay. I, I think it's great. I think it's fabulous, but it, you know, like you said, you were beginning the club from scratch and you have to um, use what you learned from when you were um, at your university before to yeah. get everything started at the, for the ESL club at your new college. So I think these are all important things to, for every, anyone who wants to start a club like this on, on their campus, they're going to hit a lot of the same roadblocks that you did. So I think it's good to let teachers know that if they want to do this, that it will, there will be a lot of things at the beginning that they have to go through in order to start the club. Yeah, yeah I mean, these clubs, uh, we have, I think, 32 clubs on campus. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're always looking for advisors, and, it, and not imagine, <laughs> and not everybody says yes. <laughs> yeah, it, well, it's a lot of extra work for you, but like you said, if it's something that you think is important, and if you are good at learning the skill and then delegating it to the students, then it can be less of a burden for you. Yeah. Yeah, I remember, um, you know, at some point where we didn't have a cabinet, we didn't have space, and. Uh, East Los Angeles College was in the process of building these beautiful high-tech buildings and we were in the bungalows and I had to bring all the stuff to my garage and my husband would have to schlep everything with me back to campus every Thursday for the food sales and then all the extra food I would have to bring it to our fridge and and it was getting out of hand. And this is when I said to the students, we got to fight for space, you know? So then I had to go to our dean. Uh, our chair uh, was part of the committee that was planning the building, you know, how, how the division was going to be. And our chair, uh, Jimmy Kenny, went and fought for a cabinet for the ASL club. And no one else has that. <laughs> So we have, you know, I mean, you have 32 clubs on campus and there's only one cabinet for the ESL club. That's the only Yeah, I, they don't have in their departments, they don't have a special uh, place. I think they use some um, closets or some, you know, places in their departments. Uh, but we actually have a place with a metal rolling door that locks and yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I think it's fabulous. Well, if you're the largest club on campus, I guess it makes sense and that you have, you have. And we fought for it. We fought. You fought yeah. for it. And if the <laughs> other other clubs didn't fight for it, maybe the next new building that's being built, maybe they'll get, they can. Yeah, fight. maybe now they all do. I don't know. But at that time, it was a new idea. Like, what do you mean? Like, you know, you belong to ASU. It's, it, your club doesn't belong to the department. And then they were right because, you know, clubs. Uh, pay uh, pay to ASU, not to to their departments. Right. But we did it, and um, it's just so much learning that that takes place on uh, you know on um, the part of the advisor and the students. And you build families. Literally, a lot of students feel like when they come to the meeting, they're coming to their second family away from home, um, and they know. If they need any help with homework, if they need any help with, uh, you know, they're struggling financially, they're struggling with family issues, and they have people to talk to about them, and 
we sometimes bring people from the uh, counseling office to tell them about resources like they didn't know about the men's and women's center where you know they have counselors that can refer them to uh, the right place to deal with you know depression or anxiety or um, we've had students who were homeless and we got them some money uh, we got the meals, free meals, uh, two meals a day. Um, we created, we helped create a pantry in the English department, you know, along with our social committee uh, members, uh, and we all donated to it. And students, no questions asked. If they're hungry, they're thirsty, they go to that pantry and they, they get food. Uh, so you, you pull a lot of weight as a club, I think because you're always fighting for for something yeah i think that's great i think it's great that the the esl students at your college have have a voice through that club and um if there's an issue they have a board to go to and to to discuss the issue with i think that's great and i think in around the world if um if schools have english clubs that they can use that model of having a a board, even if it's not a full board, they have student officers that can lead the club and um, advocate for the members of the club. So yeah. I think that's great. If you have, if you want to show the Facebook page, we'd love to see it. Oh, wow. I think you can <laughs> see the variety just in that picture at the top. You can see all of the different students that you have on campus. Yes, yes. So that's the Master Chef competition that's going on right now. Um, these are some of the photos that, you know, we've gone hiking, we've gone uh, uh, to bowling, we celebrated birthdays of students. And uh, the biggest holiday that I wanted to tell you about was the Lunar Chinese New Year holiday where uh, it's a campus-wide event and we bring in a dragon, uh, the dragon dance and, um, you know, we, we have uh, Chinese food and so, and they make t-shirts all the time. Oh, they created a website where they sell the items uh, like uh, mugs and uh, t-shirts and everything that says Elite ESL Club. So that, that's another fundraiser now that they're doing. And they make t-shirts, different t-shirts every semester. And, oh, wow. And then they yeah. sell them. That's great. They sell them to... That's not very Farm. Yeah, this is, uh, yeah, this is me. And, and, and members could take their kids and we pay for their kids. Oh, no. wow. That's fabulous. Yeah. And they've got such an active um, Facebook page. I think having the members, the members run this page, right? Yeah, I used to. And then I decided, okay, whoever is the president, I'll give them the password and, the, and then they will uh, run it and it's been like that so that then the new advisor now has the information but the uh, public relations officer and um, uh, who else the president and vice president have access That's because and the, historian, the historian has to like go to events and take pictures and then they upload them to um, to Facebook and now Instagram and uh, one time we uh, did a fundraiser and we raised $4,000 in one day for the Syrian refugees. Oh, wow. That's amazing. Five years ago. Five years ago. And we sent the money to the World Food uh, Program. What was the fundraiser? Um, it, we, um, it was, 
it was at the local park in Monterey, Monterey Park City. Uh, we invited a lot of faculty and students and uh, um, what was it? We, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. My nephew who owns uh, a few restaurants brought uh, his team uh, and they donated all the food. They made, um, they made tacos and burritos all day long for free. And we sold those plates. Uh, we sold each plate for $5. And uh, then other people just donated money because at that time, if you remember, the Syrians were fleeing Syria and going to Turkey and a lot of people were drowning. I'm really excited about the workshop you're gonna do on January 29th at 6.30 PM okay. your time, right? That's gonna be yes, great. I am too. I, I knew uh, you and Maria, um, it said Betancourt, Maria Betancourt, who's yes. the current um, administrator, advisor. Her, her advisor, advisor. Yeah. the current yeah. advisor. That's going to be, I think um, the teachers are going to learn a lot from that workshop about how to get started with an English club or an ESL club, depending on what their situation is, and mm -hmm. um, learn a lot about how to start one, how what activities to do, even if they already have a club at their school, they could get a lot of great ideas about things they could do at their club and fundraisers they can do at their club. I think it's gonna be a great workshop. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Where can teachers find you if they um, uh, want to find out more information? What's your um, email or website that you want them to go to? For my email, uh, you know my email, dahike at elag.edu. Uh, I, I do have a website, kitamdahi.com. Mm -hmm. uh, Instagram, kitamdahi. Um, Facebook, kitamdahi. And then the English department website has my information there. Um, so uh, www dot elac dot edu slash well let me i'm gonna copy this mm -hmm. can you email me all of your links and i'll put them in the notes yeah 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 okay, um, i'll just yeah, do we'll, that we'll include all of this in the notes i think that's the easiest and you said you have a website what's on your website well, look it up. <laughs> Let's show it. Let's initially, show books on the right are the books that I wrote. Uh, they're kind of like ESL readers. Oh, wow. So tell me the titles of your books. <laughs> so what one is called The Journey. The, I'm sorry? Um, okay, you're talking, okay, The Journey of an Immigrant. Okay, this one. Uh, the Journey of an Immigrant, there's Uprooted, Voices Unheard, and Lessons Learned, and then the Mulberry Tree. You said that there was an ESL, ESL, ESL help. help. Uh -huh. And then I just have links, you know, links to help, uh, whether it's teachers or students who wanted uh, good links, good websites to, for different things. Mm -hmm. um, I can add your uh, blog there or... No, uh, we would love that. Related. That would be fabulous. Thank you. Yeah. So this uh, is yeah, whatever. These links are for teachers. Some, uh, it says for teachers and the rest, um, you know, like uh, grammar websites where students can do uh, practice, uh, you know, 
collocation. This is for teachers, yeah. And um, short stories that are free, 365 ESL short stories and grammar and reading websites and spelling and all, all kinds of links that I thought were useful. I would just add them there. Great. Well, we're definitely going to have the, your website in the notes so people can click on your website and go to ESL Help to find all of these great links. I think the teachers are going to, this just this is going to be very um, helpful for the teachers, all of this together. I think that's great that you have this on your page. Okay, thanks. I, this is all fabulous. You're doing so much, Katam. How do you have time to, <laughs> to uh, just relax? I don't, I don't relax. I don't relax. I just, I need to stay busy all the time. I thank you, Gina. Thank you so much. All, it's always a pleasure to talk with you. Thank you for so much for the opportunity, um, you know, and for choosing me to have this, this uh, time with you. Yes. Well, I really think it's great. And um, yeah, so thank you very much for coming to TTLT. Katam definitely has a lot of ideas and enthusiasm about, uh, about ESL clubs. And she talks so much about all of the experience that she has with um, being an ESL student and being part of the ESL club at her university and then bringing and starting that ESL club at, her, at the college where she works now. Um, so I think that that's really important. And that's, I think the top teaching tip is to be enthusiastic about the club. If you're trying to create a club on your campus, then you're going to need that enthusiasm and that patience and, the, and be able to take that responsibility of being the advisor, the person in charge of that club. I think that that's an important role to take if this is something that you want to do with your with your students and with you at your school. And you can see here that she realized that this is something that was missing from the college where she's teaching now and that she had, and she had benefited so much from when she was at university. And now look at it, it's the biggest club on campus. And all of her students are benefiting from that club that she decided was important. And she had that enthusiasm and she was willing to, um, put in the effort to create that club. And I think her students are learning so much. I mean, they're learning so many leadership skills and they're learning to be able to talk with uh, authority figures on campus and meet with a lot of these stakeholders that they wouldn't have an opportunity to meet if they hadn't been a part of this club. So I think this is really important. And I, I wish all schools had an English club or an ESL club. And if your school doesn't, then hopefully this episode will encourage you to create one. And to realize that the second top teaching tip is that you will need to be an advocate for the students. You're going to need to talk about the reasons that you need the club and how it can benefit the students and what the students could do and what, um, how important it is to have this at your school or on your campus. So I think that being an advocate for your students is a really important thing to remember, that that's what you are. And I think another thing that Katam talked a lot about is um, 
that you need to be able to delegate the responsibility to the students, that this is the student's club and you're the advisor to help them when they need an advocate, but most importantly, to be able to teach them how to do the things that you know how to do, that you've already at the beginning, you were an advocate for them and you were talking about how important this was for the students. And now you need to give that responsibility to the students and to teach them how to advocate for themselves. And again, you're teaching them these leadership skills that are gonna be so important to them in the future. And I think the last top teaching tip that I wanted to reinforce about these ESL clubs is that you're helping them build a family. And I really think that that's important and so important for students um, in so many different environments. Right now, while all of us are online, I think that's really important to be building that family. Even though they can't meet physically, her students are meeting every week online and still having their club meetings and talking about what projects they're going to do. And they're learning to adjust all of those projects so that now they're doing these projects online. I think it's great. And, um, and now, and especially as an ESL student that she's, because she, again, she's teaching in Los Angeles where the students are coming from so many different countries. And sometimes it's hard to have that family feel if you're an international student and you're, you can't often, they're the only ones from their country that are there at the university, or they may be um, that their family came with them. But most often when you're at a college or a university in the US, you're the only person from your family in the entire country. And it's really nice to have that feel of a family and a community and someplace that you can go if you're having a problem, something you want to talk about. It's good to have people there that can help you. And they know where to find the resources and the support. And isn't it great that she agreed to do a workshop with us? I think it's, I'm so excited that we're going to have a workshop from Katam on how to create an English or an ESL club. And um, Katam is going to be presenting with the current advisor, Maria Betancourt. So hopefully you'll be able to attend Laura Connor's workshop on vocabulary acquisition, making words stick. And that one is gonna be on December 11th at 10.30 a.m. GMT, which is of course 3.30 p.m. for her in New York. And of course on our website, even if you're not sending us a message, you can also listen to our podcast, go to our website, donate, uh, read my blogs. There's so much you can do at ttelt.org. And of course, don't forget to subscribe uh, to our podcast and our YouTube channel. The more people subscribe, the more able, the more the more people subscribe, the more we're able to spread the word about TTELT. And of course, if you haven't already, please join our Facebook group at TTELT and follow us on Twitter at TTELT1 and on Instagram at T.TELT. Thanks for tuning in. See you next time.